I'm Natalia Peters and this is Financially Free and Irie. This podcast hails from the small island of Barbados, where we're small but think big. Barbados is 166 square miles of natural coral island with an average population of around 285,000. Barbados is ranked one of the most expensive places to live in the world, mainly due to its high cost of living. So, how do we do it? How do we live and survive? We're definitely not all millionaires. And the cost of living is going up internationally as well as the crime rate. So, let's see if Barbados and what our people do can help us all live financially free and Irie. On this week's episode of Financially Free and Irie, we speak to Chantelle Selman from the Light Body Holistic Clinic, located in the heart of Bridgetown's Pelican Village. I also want to thank all of my subscribers. I appreciate all of the support. Continue to listen, to like, to share and subscribe to Financially Free and Irie. The next time someone looks into your eyes, they may see more than what you can imagine. One of the first radio programs that had really piqued my interest as a young presenter on Barbados's number one radio station over 20 years ago was Chantelle Selman's program sponsored by her company, The Light Body Holistic Clinic, located here at Pelican Village in our capital city, Bridgetown. It was the first time I had heard of iridology. Iridology is a holistic practice in which a person called an iridologist looks at your eyes and uses what they see to determine any physical ailments that may be present in the body. Also, I've been following a vegan diet since the age of 12 and over the years I do use the phrase I don't eat anything with eyes, <laughs> but I've never thought of raw foods or raw food diet until meeting and doing the program with Chantel. With Chantel's extensive knowledge in raw foods and their healing energy, she has created a space, peaceful and relaxing, but also conducive to healing. In this convenient location, you can purchase foods and power shakes, herbs, natural remedies, as well as get an iridology consultation. Welcome to Financially Free and Irie, Chantel. So firstly, Chantel, when and how did you first get to know or hear about iridology? Oh, good question. Hello. Okay, so um, I was actually doing architecture in Toronto and um, my mom's a nurse and she had a colleague that their son was sick and he had um, heard of iridology and they asked me to go and check this person out before they flew up to Canada because his son was not well and they wanted to do some alternative healing for him so I went to the address I was given and the lady was given a class 
So she told me I would have to wait till the class was finished to talk to me. So I sat in the back of the class. And let me tell you, by the time the class was finished, I knew that I wanted to be an iridologist. Yeah, it was the symmetry of the eyes, the, the markings of the, the mapping. Everything just started to speak to me. It was like I could see everything she was saying. I couldn't believe that this was a thing because before that moment in time, I had never heard of anything like this. And I, uh, I was reluctant to give up my, my um, architectural studies. And I decided to try both things at the same time. So I was doing... I, I joined her class and I was still doing the architecture and um, it took me down a rabbit hole. I mean, she was now introducing me to herbs, she was introducing me to uh, reflexology, Reiki, all these manner of other modalities and I finally had to say something to my family because, you know, and my mom was very supportive. She told me, if you want change and you're sure, go ahead. But you cannot tell people what's wrong with them and not be able to fix it. And I then realized I needed to do herbal medicine course. And from there I went on to do my chef course with Iris Latham um, in Jamaica. So I did my raw food course with the grandfather of raw food. And it that was a whole other, uh, you know, it took me on a whole different way of looking at food as food medicine. So it's been a beautiful journey thus far. Now that's actually quite amazing. Firstly, to hear that you were originally studying architecture, which couldn't really be more further removed from what you're doing now. And then to hear that you studied with Iris in Jamaica. I mean, yeah, I'm sure everybody knows who I mean. Um, We are talking about the godfather of... um, herbal medicine and using food as a healer yes he um he is in the encyclopedia for all the work he's done with um, raw food and the amazing things that he have showcased across the world when they have vegan conferences he's the person that they call um up first you know he has had many students many retreats and um i worked with him so long ago but um he really set me on the right path and whenever he passes through Barbados, he passed through here um, just after COVID, I think. And he had a lecture here. Yeah, yeah, he keeps in touch. I tell him what I'm up to. So it's been wonderful um, having a mentor like that around. But um, doing the herbal medicine, even now, I mean, I learned that so long ago that I went when we were when things were quiet for COVID and I upped my game and learned what's going on now in the industry there's so much wonderful stuff going on and um, multifractional extractions and things that we didn't learn 30 years ago that are being done now and I made sure and topped my my knowledge up so that I could keep up with what's going on especially since there's so much wonderful wild herbs right here from sarsaparilla to um everything and and to see that they have mushrooms here it's funny how all of a sudden culinary mushrooms are not the only in thing you you now got medicinal mushrooms but the fact that they they also grow in the caribbean and that you can get reishi mushrooms right here in barbados i know i know i've seen them in dominica um guyana has them I'm sure most of the islands have them, but to see that when we needed to help our immune system, these things came to the forefront for us. 
and that and that is just one thing i mean all the traditional things like the seracy and the lemongrass and the gully root and all these other things that our grandparents and foreparents have used over the years it's like wow and uh, i trying to keep that momentum alive um, and I refuse to, to move from that space. I don't use a lot of supplements. I like people using their foods. I don't really subscribe to this whole thing that the soils are depleted. And the soils were depleted, ma. My mangoes won't look as sweet as they do. I mean, wouldn't taste as sweet as they do either. Hello. But one of the things I've always admired about what you've brought to Barbados, Chantel, is that commitment to using local herbs you've mentioned wildflowers we've even been um, going into mycology which i know is really big on the island now as well but you've always always been committed to as you've mentioned before lots of um seracy things that we would be familiar with from our parents and grandparents here on the island and throughout the caribbean Yes, I always have been. I mean, from simple things like when I make um, meals, I like to use parsley. I like to use, you know what I mean? Like um, lime berries. I use, I integrate um, the wild with the fresh. Um, so you, you're upping the nutrient levels, um, the drinks, the juices. They're seasonal. I like to rotate things. When soursops are in, we use soursop punch. We use soursop fish. We, you know what I mean? Like, you need to keep in the seasonal traditions as well because those things are important. And that's, that's how I grew up. Avocados are not in all year round. There's a time for avocados. There's a time for mangoes. You know what I mean? There's a time when there's a glut on mangoes, um, tomatoes, yeah, all these yeah, things. Yeah, these when you're things. overseas... Those things are available all year round because they're all imported. But what we do miss is that natural element of straight from the tree, the vitamins, the rawness, the naturalness of it. And I always say it's common sense. Anytime anything has to travel a lot of time and be packaged, it will be deteriorating in its nutrient um, um, denseness. It, it has to. It's, it's not fresh. Yeah, of course. So there are two things. One, this word processed. Okay? So processed and packaged stuff is giving it a long chef life. When I talk of process, I'm talking about processing something that is fresh for you to use now. So I took my fresh ingredients this morning and I made you some sushi. I processed them. Okay, but I process them in a way that they're still alive and they're nutrient dense for you. That's my idea of processed. (laughs) So there's a different outlook now on processed foods. Because if we say processed foods, people are thinking, oh yeah, we'll think it's in the packet. No, 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 no. What Chantelle is saying is you can still process, but naturally. Yes, exactly. So my idea of process is very different. We need to stay away from those modern processed things. And the other thing is, is that <laughs> this seasonal stuff is very, you know, we, we get into this language now where it's intermittent fasting and fasting was wrong every since. And those things came naturally to you, whether it is on a daily or, or hourly basis or seasonal basis. Those things were there naturally. So you have times of feast and times of famine. And those are what are part of the seasons. Now we are spoilt and we expect everything all the time, no matter of the cost to the 
um, yeah, to our health, to the culture or the business of wherever these particular products are coming from, because a lot of time it's a detriment to their culture and, and their economy. Yeah, it is. And, 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 and sometimes uh, you see uh, documentaries and things of countries where all of a sudden avocado is the, the, the biggest thing since sliced bread. It's like, you know what it is to try and produce globally? You, you're, you're deteriorating at a phenomenal rate, that area. And when that goes out of fashion, then what? Exactly. Oh, dear. And they're doing it with herbs. They're doing it with the same mycology. All of a sudden, um, mushrooms are in fear. And it's just like, you see, in Barbados, there's no growing and no mushrooms. You have one or two people that might do a little culinary thing on the side. But when it comes to, say, reishi mushroom, it's something that has to be hunted. And you're getting it wild. And it is limited in its scope. And how much you can get and that goes for throughout the whole Caribbean but when you t- talking about North America now they, they're taking it to a whole other level uh, because the demand is much higher we luckily for us we can't do that okay because the deterioration of our environment would be catastrophic okay um, but I need people to see what is real food and what is food medicine and um, let me not be the last of my kind that's what i'm worried about it's not you're not seeing young people coming forward they think of this as too much work where i am doing iridology herbal medicine and raw food when you break it down like that it seems but to me it's all one i'm doing one thing it all comes together naturally to help to heal the person so I, I learned all those things from separate people, but I brought it together in a clinical way so people can come in here and really heal from a cellular level and work their way back up. It's almost like what your mum said, you know, don't be able to diagnose a problem and then not have a solution to that problem. And it ties back in with the whole name of the business, Light Body Holistic Clinic. The holistic part is what we're really, you know, aiming for. Yes, exactly. Holistic with a W. Yeah. 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 So another question, Chantel. When you first brought this concept to Barbados, which was like over 30 years ago, how well was it received? Because I know here on the island, you know, Bayesians have a love affair with food. And it's not the best type of food, generally. When we look at the Barbadian diet, yes, I'm going to say macaroni pie stew and rice would not be the most healthy food i also realized when i came here that there is a a big lack of um, greens and vegetables and when people say salad they mean two pieces of cucumber and a lettuce so how was what you're doing received like 30 years ago chantelle well the good part about it is that a lot of grandparents were still around okay so that generation they looked at food as real food okay so it needed they were not the macaroni pie generation that came after so those older people were definitely very supportive of me and they those are the ones that grew up with bush teas so they also were supportive of that aspect of my uh, clinic so um introducing them to eating more greens that, that, that was not that was not an issue. Um, I think what the issue was with was the not cooking. 
okay? But when they realized I was not touching things like yam or sweet potato, then they realized that, okay, she is putting salads and sprouts and that kind of thing on the plate. And I have no problem with that because I can add that to what I'm doing, which is what I have never tried to overcrowd um, them and take them out of their thinking. I just tried to add goodness to um, their plate right so you you want to introduce a little more raw food and you do it in different ways because people people have problems with the digestion so you give them a, a green shake they have need more greens on their plate so you know you do soups you do salads you do that kind of thing so they were they were definitely willing to to support it because they wanted to feel better so that first generation when i came home of people in their 60s and 70s, they were very supportive. They bought the herb teas, they tried the shake powders. They were willing to, because they already were disciplined when it came to eating uh, real food. Um, the next generation, um, which would be more my mom's generation, they grew up with the real food. So they were also very supportive and they have kept me going until this day. Their kids now, grew up with more macaroni pie and baked chicken and that kind of thing and they tend to be more um instamatic in the sense that they won't come and do a cleanse because they won't fit into something for crop over or they want to lose 10 pounds or this particular ailment they need it fixed now so they're looking for this instantaneous thing more than a journey Whereas uh, the older folks, it was a journey for them. I didn't have to go through the level of trying to convince them to keep going as I do now. Um, people want to take something and go back to what they were doing, their pigtails and whatever. And it's like um, there is more and more evidence showing you that you need more plant-based things in your life. And we need to stop thinking of fixing things after the fact and more about preventing it in the first place because we are having extreme difficulties <laughs> stepping back. Um, but if we, and I know it sounds good, we can reverse our diabetes. People are not, they're not, they're having too much difficulties with that kind of um, adjustment. So don't let it happen in the first place. So yes, you might have the gene for it, but what you eat is what loads that gun. So you need to make sure that you don't go down that path in the first place. And a lot of us have the genes for a lot of these things. Okay, so we need to um, set ourselves on a different path from early. And we, we need to not make it this thing that it is. We idle or we into um, hippies or those words, those words are not necessary to label people when they're trying to um, make changes for their longevity. So you're living with a quality of life and not just entertainment. Okay, it has to be more to the purpose than that. Okay, and I'm, I've seen so many, too many people that are so sick and they wish they could go back. And if you could just let the younger ones see that. Ugh. I'm actually wondering whether somewhere along the line there's been a you know a lack in passing down that knowledge because as we've mentioned like my generation I guess with my parents moving to the UK and me not having that 
close relationship with my grandparents. It's only been since I've come back to live in Barbados that I have adopted lots of the natural local herbs that are commonly and widely used like for instance the wonder world bit of a throat the last few days but i've never even heard of anything like that in the uk even though my parents are barbadian so i can see how there's been a a gap in generational knowledge sharing is is that the right way to say it chantelle so so a lot of times that gap comes from just modernization so your your parents go away or they're both working now and what happens is is that um, conveniences are what um, take over so instead of going to pick herbs or going to um, to go to so much trouble to get some of these things the the, the supermarket is convenient the things are already in little um, tea bag packages and this kind of thing so the the the, the modern conveniences is what stepped in and 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 they put aside is as simple as just the other day I was talking about this all cultures have a cultured food okay so every every culture had a cultured food what was ours I always wondered this what was ours because you know of sauerkraut and you know of kimchi and kombucha and kefir and all this stuff so what was ours so it took me a little while but I realized that it was ginger beer and it was sorrel the, our we used to ferment these things at a season and it used to give us uh, what we needed you right now once ginger beer why is ginger beer not so popular anymore but it, the 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 commercial soda version of ginger beer came out and most households just stopped making it because it was there all year round now. Even now, if people have ginger beer, I hear a lot of people say, no, it's hot, it's hot. I want ginger ale, which is just like water with, I don't even think it's like essence of ginger. It's literally like some, so isn't that funny? Yeah, but you know, like the real hot ginger, the proper, yeah. So ginger beer had its um, its roots in fermentation. It's a fermented cultured food. It, ginger has so many wonderful properties for your digestion. I mean, this was something that was everybody used to praise. Taste my ginger beer from my house. So, so what you did in your house had its own connotations. Okay, this is why you would say, "I like my grandmother's cake," or "I like my grandmother's ginger beer." You know what I mean? You could come with yours, but I like my grandmother. So every household had this uh, medicinal quality to what they were making, and everybody used to come up with their own little twist on things. And these things don't really come forward now. And I would like to see some of that come back. It's beautiful to see kombucha come to the forefront, but I want people to realize the origins of what our ancestors did and keep those things alive, for sure. Interesting, Shantana, I've got to ask you, the future of the Light Body Holistic Clinic, what you are doing, what you have been doing for like more than 30 years. I know you're going to be doing it for a lot of time to come, but you've mentioned you're not seeing that many young people coming into the fold. Um, We've also talked about the trends. I find on social media, the trend right now, you know, vegan, gluten-free, plant-based. You know, I was trying to work out, so like, hang on. You know, they bring out new categories, so I'm like, 
we've got vegetarian, we've got vegan. So what's, what's, what makes plant-based difference? But apparently there's a whole different if you're plant-based. So with all of these trends and are they just fads? Are these things that people are jumping onto? How can we keep this tradition alive? Well, I think the, the people that are really committed to it will keep it alive. It is, it is something that is part of our DNA. So I think those people that are really into it um, whatever name you want to give it, whatever trend you want to give it, those underlying grassroots people will always be there. So I know that it's not going to change. But in terms of the future of Lightbody, the future is digital, it's online. So I have I've stepped into that world. Um, it took me a little while because obviously I've been doing one-on-one consultations all these years. I've been in the kitchen all these years and I'm still in the kitchen, but in a different way. So online, I, I put out a course. Um, I have a signature course called um, Cleanse, Nourish, and Reset Your Body, where you, it's a seven-week course to teach people how to go through the steps of reducing some of the foods that they're eating, mostly meats and dairies and fish and that kind of thing, and get them into a cleanse, and then three weeks of eating live food. And during that time, we I am guiding you. So it's a weekly call. But you also have some live sessions with me where I bring in guests and I also do preparations of food. So um, I do have other courses on there where you actually see me do live food, um, all raw food, fresh juices, that kind of thing. And um, we're getting ready for a retreat in May. So we're doing that at the Eco Lifestyle Lodge, uh, May uh, 15th to 20th in 2024. And I just um, I just took some time off during the summer and I completed my first recipe book. So it is um, downloadable, so you can download the ebook or you can come in and, and purchase it. Oh, wow. So what is the ebook called, Chantel? Oh, it's called Sacred Food Medicine and it has in, uh, recipes so you can do things at home. Yeah. Fantastic, Chantel. I must get a signed copy here. I don't want, I want mine signed. <laughs> No problem, no problem. Chantelle, I just want to remind, especially to those who are listening to the podcast who are in Barbados, you are here in the heart of our capital city, Bridgetown, and you must be one of the longest members of the Pelican Craft Village, which um, was set up by local government really to enhance business for small businesses and entrepreneurs, correct? Yes. So I would be, um, I think I'm like the second crop. I came here and found a lot of seniors. Unfortunately, a few of them have passed. Some of them have moved on. But there's still a good handful of people that were here before me. Lots of uh, new new Pelican people. But um, we're all trying to um, keep our crafts going and um, showcase what we, we can do with our... Um, different talents and I love the fact that a place has been provided for us to do that and I hope that it continues to grow from strength to strength. Chantel thank you so much for joining me this week for Financially Free and Irie. Again special thanks to all of our listeners. I appreciate your continued support. Please subscribe in able to help me to continue to produce fantastic content like this interview today and um, Chantel thanks again for joining me on the show thank you so much